My first car was a 1980 Monte Carlo. I've talked about it before. It was sweet. Two-tone in color, silver with a black hood. A red pinstripe separated the two. Mom bought it from a friend she worked with. $750. Got us a 16-year-old car with 70,000 miles on it. Regarding the condition, another man they worked with, Carmelo, said about the car... Tom takes very good care of his cars, man. You're lucky to have it. Well, hey, thanks, Carmelo, and I was lucky, too. I drove the hell out of this car, and let me tell you, it got less cherry every time I took it for a spin. I want to tell you about one particular trip, though. We were going to visit some college friends. It was actually my friend's older brother, and we wanted something special to really set off the drive. So we went to a sporty goods store looking for Lord knows what, but I knew it when I saw it. Yeah, that's right. I spotted a cardboard deer, and I thought, wouldn't it be funny if we put that on the hood, you know, like we went, shot, and killed it, and this is our catch. Let's do it, he said. So we bought this cardboard deer, you know, the type for target practice, and we tied it to the grill of my Monte Carlo and started driving down the beeline to see our buddies. You know, when we got there, they really couldn't believe that we had a cardboard deer on the front of the car, but more importantly, that it stayed on the whole drive over. We went on to have a ton of fun, and that's what I'd like to talk about today is the adventures of the Deermobile, Jerry Springer, and Spam. Let's get right to it. We'll open a can on today's episode and start joshing around. Instantly dubbed the Deermobile, we drove the car like that for days, always amazed that the deer stayed in place on the grill. It was so silly. People in traffic seemed to take us seriously because who would go to such lengths unless they knew exactly what they were doing? <laughs> Not sure if that's true. The trip, though, was a great success. The apartment we visited had a full-size piano in it on the second floor. One of the guys was a musician dedicated to his craft, testament to his dedication. He's still a working musician 20 years later. Clap, clap, clap. Another funny thing about the apartment, when you flush the toilet... The pipes played middle C. How did we know? Well, once again, there was a full-size piano in the apartment, so you'd flush the toilet. A couple seconds later, you'd hear, ah! and we'd test it on the piano. Ba, 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 ba. Talk about making music. Oh, we're going to a Brazilian steakhouse tonight. That's an all-you-can-eat restaurant where the waiters, or gauchos as they're called, walk around carving meat from a stick. To break the language barrier, they give you two signs to put up. A green sign if you want more meat. A red sign if you don't think your colon can handle any more. We've been before, and typically when you walk in, the place is freezing. But after gorging yourself on meat for an hour or so, you'll be begging them to turn the air down. Here's a piece of advice, though. Don't mess with the waiters. Those Brazilian gauchos are super serious. They do have knives. If you mess with them, they might cut you. And then your funny business will leave you with nothing but gaucho marks. I've always been a big fan of the meats. In fact, when I first got my driver's license that allowed me to cruise around in that Monte Carlo, I was wearing a dark blue shirt that had yellow letters on it that said SPAM. Yes, representing the canned ham meat product, Spam. I was wearing it more ironically. Never been a fan of Spam. You know, it's mostly ham. There's some potato starch in there, some salt binding agents and otherwise. Don't really like any of the canned meat products. According to the class I took in college, The Meat We Eat, mechanically separated meats can have a certain low percentage of bone in them. So there's that. In any event, I didn't want to talk about the canned ham spam. Instead, I wanted to talk about my email inbox spam. 
In the 20 years I've had an email address, I've given it out to anybody who asks, and that's left me with a cabinet full of spam, or junk email, as we call it now. The term spam actually comes from the Can Spam Act of 2003, or more properly, the Controlling the Assault of Non-Solicited Pornography and Marketing Act of 2003. I'm not sure if you get the same spam as me, or if this is just going to paint me out to be an unscrupulous individual. But my junk email box is mostly drugs from Canada or investing in gold, losing weight or adding girth. You know, sometimes I like to imagine this is my real inbox and all these emails are true because the authors of these fake emails seem to write the best headlines. Going through mine today, I've got delivery, contact me as soon as possible. Oh, why? I am diplomat Mark Bowman. I've been trying to reach you now with a consignment box I have at JFK in New York City. Oh, that's interesting. Another from Svetcab. The headline simply, hello. Hello, my new friend. Do not rush to delete my email. I do not want to hurt you. I am not play games. Obviously not. Another email from Lisa Shepard. The headline simply says, I will help. Open it up to see... My name is Lisa Shepard, am 75 years old of age, and I stay in New York City, New York, USA. I am good merchant. I have several industry companies and good share in various banks in the world. You know, I would believe every bit of this long email until I get right to the end where she says, May the Lord bless you as you reach me. Please to remind you, don't belongs to scammers or any act of fraudulent on internet. Best regards, Miss Lisa Shepard. And... That's a great reminder from Miss Shepard that anybody who has to tell you how honest they are isn't telling you the truth at all. Speaking of people who love to tell you how honest they are, these politicians are a clever bunch. Can spam might be the corniest of the acronym bills that have come around. There may be others, don't really want to do the research, but is that really all it takes to fool us sheeple? Is a really corny name for a bill? I'll vote for that. I'm tired of getting all these big dick emails too. You're listening to Ambient Noise on Anchor.fm. The Deermobile took a spring break trip to Daytona Beach in 1996. Sadly, MTV had already been banned from Daytona and Fort Lauderdale. That year they were in Panama City. So we were driving to Daytona for different reasons. Normally, I don't advise breaking more than one law at the same time, but there we were underage drinking and driving up I-95 to see Jerry Springer film three episodes on the beach in Daytona. The first episode, you have to know, I'm in porn, the second, men living as women, and the third, big busted strippers. Each stripper would come in one at a time, and before they made their way to the stage, they'd have their way with an audience member. One of those audience members was a lucky high school kid named Josh. Yeah, that's right. One of these strippers took my head and made it disappear inside the cavernous clavage that her big tits had created. I'm not sure if it was a highlight or a low light of my life, but there I was nonetheless. I've scanned the crowds of the YouTube videos of these episodes, and because standard definition was so terrible, it's really tough to make out anybody in the crowd. So sadly, I can't circle a picture of me on Instagram next to these big T's, but believe me when I say I was there, and it was amazing. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. 
I did get to drive the Deermobile on the beach in Daytona, which is crazy to me because there I am operating heavy machinery while but a few feet away, someone's relaxing on a towel with their eyes closed. That's a lot of trust they're instilling in me, but to each his own. Daytona, of course, became famous for racing cars on the beach. Fun fact about racing, you know they call people that race bicycles cyclists. They used to call race car drivers racists, but that was a little on the nose, so they did go back to race car driver. Uh, beating off a tiger with a stick. That's not how you beat them off. <laughs> Man, you got it. A1, son. We offer a lot of advice on this show, and yesterday was no exception. If you missed it, definitely check out The Right Way to Beat Off a Tiger and other mammals as well. Some other advice that we have given off in the past is don't wear white sunglasses. We did get a call in about it. Made it a little bit of a confessional here on Josh and Around. What's up now? Hey, Mr. Last Name. This is Johnny J. Uh, I'm calling you for the second time since I've been listening to your shows. And as you know, I love them. Uh, but this is the second time I've heard you mention white sunglasses. And the first time I called, it was to fess up to being the pantser in your pantsing story. And this time, I'd like to admit that I think I may have been a bit of an asshole for at least a period of my life seeing as how I owned white sunglasses at least once. I had a friend who told me that, who called them stunners, and at first I was like, whoa, they're impressive. But now you're starting to make me realize they were not. Luckily, they broke. I'll never get them again. Thanks. I'm just glad I could help. To all you stunners out there, I hope you're listening, and I hope you're paying attention. Hey, I'm as guilty as anyone. I've been in JCPenney multiple times and tried on white Levi jeans. Luckily, I've never left the store with them because I realized a while ago there's clothes I like to buy and clothes I like to wear. This creamsicle gingham Oxford I have on, though, fits into the category of both, which shows as I get older, I'm learning. And that means there's hope for us all. While hope springs eternal, it's time to put this episode in the can. We dodged a bunch of spam jokes today, yet we also failed to learn spam was originally intended to increase the sale of pork shoulder. But let's race past that and instead stick to more salacious subjects, which is why, though my goal is to be a city's mayor, I'll probably just end up hosting a tongue-in-cheek horn fest by the shore. And I'll see you then, unless of course you give me the cold shoulder, the next time we hit the beach and start joshing around.